Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 35 of the Collecting Dead Man podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Zeman, and I want to welcome you back as we talk all about Undertaker merchandise, memories, and more, as we do here on the podcast each and every week. Uh, this episode is dropping a little later than usual, but I still thank you for joining me here each and every week on the podcast. Uh, if you have not done so already, please subscribe to this podcast on your preferred podcast platform. I am everywhere from Apple iTunes to Google to Spotify and everything in between. And uh, after you are done subscribing to the podcast, please leave me a five-star review wherever you have subscribed. And follow me on all types of social media. On Instagram, I'm at Collecting Dead Man. At Twitter, I'm at Collect Up Dead. And follow me on my YouTube channel as well. That's where you'll find all my videos of my watch-alongs and all other sorts of videos when I ever have a chance to do uh, toy hunts, unboxings, and any type of things like that. That's where you'll be able to see it firsthand. Um, now, more little podcast news. I have a watch-along with Randy Turco uh, scheduled for next week. Um, where Undertaker and Kane will be winning their first tag team championships together as we continue our deep dive into Undertaker's tag team championship victories and this time we begin the Brothers of Destruction reigns. The first one uh, on April 19th, 2001 in an episode of SmackDown and uh, after that will be another SmackDown, this time August 9th where they capture the WCW Tag Team Championships from Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo, and then finishing off at SummerSlam 2001, where the Brothers of Destruction unified the WWF and WCW Tag Team Championships by defeating DDP and Canyon in a steel cage match. So that is our next three lookbacks at Undertaker's Tag Team Championship victories, uh, all with his brother Kane, and uh, all in the year of 2001. So it stretches from like uh, right, right after WrestleMania 17 to right before the end of the invasion. And um, other than that, my next watch along with Canaanite, will, Canaanite 10, will be uh, Fully Loaded 98. And um, you had uh, Randy, and Mai's, uh, Randy and Mine's perspective uh, just a couple months ago. Uh, this time you're going to get a different perspective, this time from a Kane fan. And it's going to be actually the first time he's watching this match as well. So I'm looking forward to picking his brain about what he thinks about uh, Undertaker and Stone Cold versus Kane and Mankind at Fully Loaded 98. And um, that is it for the podcast news um, for this week. As always, you know, subscribe and your preferred podcast platform and follow me on all forms of social media so that you'll be able to vote in my polls coming up to decide who makes it to the final three of the Who Will Survive uh, Survivor Series match brackets. And then you will be deciding the winner of that match as well. So um, if you have not done so already, please follow me on the social medias so that you'll be able to make your voices heard. So now we go right on to Tales from the Grave. We will be continuing our look back at my favorite SmackDown vs. Raw memories. 
Now, like I uh, began last week, starting off with SmackDown vs. Raw, the first installment in the video game series, I'm continuing with the next installment this week, SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, which is hands down probably my favorite SmackDown vs. Raw game. Just overall, um, how much this changed the video game experience um, as a whole for me. Uh, it was a completely div different visual aspect, uh, which really brought a breath of fresh air into the series. Um, you know, it had better game models in this game series, as you can, you know, as you could tell just by selecting the Undertaker's model, as I usually always did, I always played as the Undertaker. He just looks so different than the other Undertaker models beforehand. And it's cleaner, it's a nicer visual product, it's a complete entrance. Uh, you know, there's no skips in the entrance, there's no breaks, there's no early cutoff. You get from when he walks uh, in the beginning of the entrance ramp all the way till he gets into the ring, takes off his hat. It is a full uh, entrance and just much like its GameCube counterpart, like I talked last week, the GameCube counter counterpart to SmackDown vs. Raw, uh, Day of Reckoning 2... Um, also changes the GameCube experience because they take what Day of Reckoning brought to the GameCube and they cleaned it up with the visual aspects as well. Basically what SmackDown vs. Raw 2006 did here for the Smack not only the SmackDown vs. Raw beforehand but the SmackDown series in general. I mean you take a look at all the SmackDown series before SmackDown vs. Raw 06 you can see how different the models look, you can see how different the visual um, performance looks um, you know and here comes the pain as great as that game is the the game models look glossy it um, you can see like the people like their attires they look like they have a shine to them uh, SmackDown vs. Raw they look dark um, Smackdown shut your mouth and just bring it it looks more choppy but Smackdown vs. Raw 06 looks so clean and I really can't describe it other than you know it's fresh and it's clean as a game and that is why it remains one of my f it's probably my favorite Smackdown vs. Raw game uh, as a whole this one and SmackDown vs. Raw 07, which we'll be talking about next week, spoiler alert, those are my two favorite games in this series. And um, just also everything you get with this game, you get a fully customizable locker room, uh, which you can add uh, posters and wall items, you have a trophy case, you have a belt case, you can add little knickknacks, you can see your challenge mode. You can do uh, loading screens. Um, you can customize your created wrestler in the locker room and everything like that. You get uh, GM mode, which is something everybody loved to play. There's been this and 07 with the GM modes. People have been uh, calling for that to return. Uh, a deeper, in depth storyline and the story modes. Uh, you get Raw and SmackDown stories, you get long drawn out um, story modes, you know, that 
your choices, your wins, your losses. It has an effect on what you, you know, see for your character. Much like No Mercy. Uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 06 brought a lot of things from No Mercy in here. And uh, this is one of them. Um, you know, the challenge mode, they carried that over from SmackDown vs. Raw. Um, and it's just... I... I can't describe it more than just being, it's just that it truly holds up as a fun, groundbreaking wrestling game uh, to play. Uh, you know, not since No Mercy did we get a lot of these aspects that they included in SmackDown vs. Raw 06. Uh, you know, because you know how I said before, No Mercy, such a groundbreaking game for uh, the Nintendo 64 and also wrestling games in general. That's how I see SmackDown vs. Raw 06 as well. You have the GM mode, you have the customizable locker rooms, you have the drawn out story mode where wins and losses uh, mean something that it takes your character in different directions. Um, the challenge mode is more uh, in depth and um, everything else around that. Uh, you're also getting revamped match types. Uh, which was so fun to play, especially the Buried Alive match. It was a hybrid of a casket match and a Buried Alive match. That was so fun to play. Uh, the Hell in the Cell looked updated and clean in this uh, game. Just everything that they did to revamp the match types, they made it so much more fun. And also, um, one of my favorite things to do, starting with this game was to hack in the non-playable characters such as Vince McMahon, the general managers, the announcers, referees, people like that. Because beforehand you had to overwrite another superstar to unlock people like this. And by overwriting another superstar it just it took away from the game because you're losing a roster. You're losing somebody off your roster. Uh, and it wasn't saveable, so you can't keep these characters. But in SmackDown vs. Raw 06, that changed. With the help of a Game Shark or an action replay, you can enter in a code to unlock Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff, Jim Rush, Jerry Lawler, Taz, Michael Cole, the list goes on, and it adds them to the roster. Uh, right after the Legends, right before Batista, you have a, a section of uh, non-playable characters that are added to your roster. You can fix their movesets, give them entrances, play them in matches, and they're saveable. And that changed the game for me. I loved doing that. I loved uh, having these characters in matches. You can put them in season mode. You can uh, use them uh, in general manager mode and everything like that. And that continued on up until SmackDown vs. Raw 2011. Um, and it's always something fun. I oh, Every time I uh, either deleted my data or changed uh, memory cards, I always wanted to do this because it just added something fun to the roster. You get these characters, you know, that weren't supposed to be there. And you can give them entrances and their movesets and things like that. And... Um, Something I always liked doing thanks to the Game Shark and it started here with SmackDown vs. Raw 06 and I It's definitely something fun, you know, there's there's the codes on there on the internet so if you have the SmackDown vs. Raw games and uh, You had did not know about hacking in Vince McMahon 
and the other non-playable characters, go ahead, add those codes, get a Game Shark, and I guarantee you it's worth um, worth your time putting in those codes because it is super fun. I know people hack in different match types, different weapons and things like that, but not me. I hack in Vince McMahon so I could give him multiple stunners and multiple choke slams and matches. Uh, but yeah, it's just like I love this deep dive that I'm doing for the SmackDown vs. Raw games because as they are for me, I hope they are for you as anyone listening. Total uh, nostalgia and um, I just always remember playing these. I, I wish I would have kept my PlayStation 2. I uh, uh, got rid of it a couple years ago. I wish I would have kept that in the games because, you know, doing this deep dive into this history of SmackDown vs. Raw games definitely makes me want to get a PlayStation 2 and pull up these games again and play them. And um, hopefully I'll look into getting another one uh, shortly just so, you know, I can enjoy these memories again and maybe film um, me playing these games, you know, for YouTube or maybe a Twitch channel. So you guys can come on, watch me play. I can show you the hacked characters and everything like that. And um, but yeah, if you have not picked up SmackDown vs. Raw 06 or played it in a long, long time, I definitely uh, recommend doing so. It changed the game for the series. It made everybody look better, fresher, cleaner aspects to the game um, experience. And like I said to begin this segment, it is still my favorite SmackDown vs. Raw game. And it may actually be my favorite SmackDown game for the PS2. Uh, you know, it's Here Comes the Pain is nice. Uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 07 and 09 are really great as well. Uh, but I don't know, I think SmackDown vs. Raw 06 takes it. Uh, just your roster, your legends. Um, the amount of characters that you choose from and all the other aspects of GM mode, challenge mode, story mode, locker room, everything that they give you these options of um, still holds up to this day. And it's, you know, not since No Mercy have I been so excited to go back and replay a game, but um, definitely when I get a PS2 again. I definitely want to get SmackDown vs. Raw 06 as one of my first games again because it is super fun and I really can't hype it up enough. And if everybody out there knows they know about playing this game, how fun it actually is. Um, you know, especially when you have like just want to just do some simple matches. And um, I love the Hell in the Cell, I think, in WrestleMania 9 Arena because it's outdoors. It's really bright. You get that nice outdoor feel of the Hell in the Cell. You know, Undertaker versus, I don't know how I usually pick, maybe Triple H or uh, Kane. You just have like a fun Hell in the Cell match outdoors. And it's just, um, and the controls are so simple. The simple controllers, the simple maneuver, the taunts, the punches, the strikes, the grapple. Um, something that wrestling games have gone away from in recent years and have lost which I think they should go back to the simple mechanics um, make the game the tougher mechanics that you have to button mash 
and remember what you have to press to even strike, that takes away from the wrestling experience in these games. And SmackDown vs. Raw 06, they do the simple mechanics, you know, the the key the D pad, the up down right left moves your character, X is punch, um, triangle is run, square is exit ring, circles grapple, simple, and it's it just gives you a fun experience to play this game. So SmackDown vs. Raw 06, even though it is the second one I'm talking about, it is first in my heart. It is my favorite of the series. Next week, 07 is also a uh, um, a fun one for me as well. And a spoiler alert for the last of the week, the final week we'll be talking about SmackDown vs. Raw 09. Skipping 2008, because 2008 is not that great of a, a game. But 09, again, knocks it out of the park. Uh, but that is it for my video game memory of the week. Um, Undertaker uh, news and figure news. Uh, if you saw the Dallas Cowboys game on Sunday, Undertaker was in attendance. He was in attendance for the Cowboys-Broncos game where they honored U.S. service members and veterans uh, promoting WrestleMania 38 at the AT&T Stadium. He was a guest on Dallas radio uh, shows and gave interviews for newspapers just talking about WrestleMania 38, uh, promoting it for the WWE, being an ambassador. Um, He said some things about um, he's got surgeries coming up. Uh, He wishes that Roman would have been his first loss at WrestleMania, which I think he has said that before on the Broken Skull Sessions. And uh, other interviews, he had wished Roman was the first one, uh, then Lesnar, if they would have flip-flopped. He talks about being having the wrestling bug still in him. That, you know, you're ne- it's never going to go away after being in the business for 30 plus years. Uh, he feels that um, he can still get through a match if needed. Uh, but he doesn't want to cheat the people who paid to see him and not giving them what they expect. Um, so, you know, he says you never know down the line in the future what the wrestling business holds. Uh, so it's like he's closed the door but left it open, basically. Uh, like he knows that he doesn't want to cheat the people that pay to see him. He wants them to give them a good show. He wants them to see The Undertaker they're expecting. Uh, he feels like he can, he can get through a match. But he doesn't want to have people disappointed in his performance. So if he feels like he really can go out there and give a good performance, he may come back for another match. Because he feels he can get through one. Um, But right now, we just leave it up in the air. You know, it's all up to him. It's all up to the company. See where it takes it. You know, if anything, you know, maybe at WrestleMania, we may get a match. But we'll see. Uh, But... We'll see where that takes it. Um, Foco released a new Brothers of Destruction bobblehead for pre-order. It is one half of a ring as Undertaker in his Shakespeare pose. The other half is Kane raising the flames. Uh, and they are sold separately, but they connect to each other. So you can get Undertaker if you're just an Undertaker collector. Kane if you're just a Kane collector. Or you can get both if you want to have them both connect. Um... 
But uh, that is it for Undertaker figure news and Undertaker news in general. You know, Undertaker, whenever he is giving interviews or promoting things, it's always active there. As we saw, lots of um, snippets from his interviews and his promoting uh, WrestleMania. Uh, but nothing concrete. Uh, you know, we'll take it week by week as we get to WrestleMania, see if he is pulled out of retirement. But it looks like he's content where he is. And um, we'll see what happens in the coming months. And uh, the only new Undertaker news is the new uh, bobblehead from Foco. Which is good enough for me. We'll see. Uh, I'm still on the fence about pre-ordering it. You know, it is a hefty price tag for just a bobblehead. Uh, but my psycho Undertaker collecting brain will probably have me um, pre-order it eventually. Which is, you know, I just know it's down the line. It's coming. Uh, but that is it for this week as we move on to digging up dead man as I talk all about my weekly purchases Welcome to weekly purchases Weekly purchases that's where I talk all about what has come through the mail by way of USPS UPS FedEx eBay Macari and everything in between or if I have gotten lucky and found anything in the stores. Um, one thing I forgot to mention in the Undertaker figure news is that on Twitter, um, there was a sighting of a new Undertaker plush at Target or Walmart. I couldn't uh, see which store exactly had them. But it looks like a whole line of WWE Legend plushes. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Iron Sheik. Undertaker, Macho Man, um, so it looks like something to be on the hunt for in the stores, finally something to hunt for in the stores. So I will keep you guys updated to see if I have found that yet. But in the meantime, what has made its way uh, through the USPS in the past week is I was able to get the uh, uh, Superstar Keychain made by PMI. The same company that makes those stampers, the pencil toppers, um, and all those sorts of things like that. Uh, made a superstar keychain, I found that. And also, I one step closer to completing my Deluxe Aggression collection by uh, having Deluxe Aggression Series 8 through the door this week. So just a couple more Deluxe Aggressions. I know I'm missing two of his classics. And I'm missing um, Series 14 and Best of 2009, I believe. So just a handful more, and then one more collection hopefully is in the books. But uh, that is it for weekly purchases this week. A small week, you know, not too many deals out there. You know, as in the words of the famous Kyle Peterson, you always got to get a deal. And, you know, if it's a deal out there that's too good to be true, uh, usually it probably is. But um, when people are asking ridiculous prices for things that you know are not worth it, you know, you keep on the hunt. You keep on the hunt. You got to get a deal. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. As a young Kenny Rogers once said, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And you now win to walk away. And most of the times I walk away. And sometimes I regret it. Sometimes I don't. And uh, just got to wait for the best deals. 
and that works for every collectible, not just Undertaker things, you know, for all wrestling, Marvel, DC, everything else, you know, you just got to know when to walk away. And um, we'll see what shows up next week for weekly purchases. Hopefully I can find some great deals and uh, some fun things to talk about. But until then, let's move on to Taker's Mark as we continue our Who Will Survive match bracket. Taker's Mark. Now last week we started off the Who Will Survive Survivor Series match bracket with the showdown between Survivor Series 1995 and 2015 with a chance to make it into the final three. And last week's winner turned out to be Survivor Series 2015 by a uh, slim margin where every vote counted by ways of Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, but I I didn't think it was going to be that close, but 1995 has a lot of love out there. It's a fun match. Like I said last week, The Undertaker's Dark Side totally um, wiping the floor with Mabel's Royals. And it was just a fun match. I'm glad 95 has a lot of love out there. But 2015 was last week's winner. It moves on to the final three where one of its competitors will be uh, chosen next week by these two matches. Uh, the casket edition of my favorite Survivor Series matches. So who will join Survivor Series 2015? It is up to you, Creatures of the Night. Will you choose Survivor Series 1994 where The Undertaker gets his revenge on Yokozuna? By slamming Yokozuna into the casket and gaining his revenge thanks to Chuck Norris out there keeping the peace, keeping the heels at bay where the Undertaker reigns supreme? Or will you choose Survivor Series 2008 where the Undertaker lays the big show to rest? As um, the string of three matches between the Big Show in late 2008 comes to an end at Survivor Series in the casket match. And as you remember that uh, 2008 rivalry started in No Mercy where Big Show uh, knocked out The Undertaker for a KO victory. Undertaker comes back at Cyber Sunday to uh, choke out The Big Show. And where uh, it all leads up to Survivor Series in their casket match. And Undertaker lays his old foe Big Show to rest in peace in this casket match. So both are fun matches. Both are casket matches against big men. Uh, two of Undertaker's best friends, Big Show and Yokozuna. Um, I just felt like it was a perfect pairing between Yokozuna, Big Show... Two casket matches, two friends of takers, two big guys, and just two fun matches to go back and rewatch. So this uh, will be the second of three uh, to make it into uh, the final three. Right now we've got 2015 and who will join 2015? It's in your hands, Creatures of the Night. Look for my poll up on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. 
make your voices heard. Who will you choose? Who will you make survive this week? It's all up to you. And then uh, next week, we will have two more matches to choose from. And then the following week, you will decide between the three. You will choose the ultimate survivor of the final three best Undertaker matches as chosen by you, Creatures of the Night. And um, the only thing I can say is go back, watch both matches. Make your choice based on how well you enjoyed it. They are both fun. They're both exciting. You know, Undertaker puts on a great match with Yokozuna and Big Show. You know, it's hard to get good matches sometimes out of these big guys. But Undertaker does it. Undertaker always brings out the best in the Big Show. And Undertaker and Yokozuna always worked well together. Uh, so go back, rewatch them, choose your favorite, and it's all in your hands. I am not biased towards any of them. You will not have my opinion on which one to pick. It's all up to you. And whichever one you pick will be uh, announced here next week as I uh, give you the final two matches to uh, move on to the final three. Uh, but that is it for Taker's Mark. Let's move on to the final segment of our show as we do each and every week, Buried Alive. As we do here each and every week, we take a weird or what the F piece of Undertaker merchandise, we drag it down to hell and bury it alive to the ash heap of Undertaker history. And this week, which I cannot believe I have not talked about this one yet, but going back through my notes, I have not touched this figure yet. It is Classic Superstars Series 1 Undertaker. The total mix-up, mash-up, whatever you want to call it, of Undertaker eras. You have a mix of purple and gray attires for The Undertaker. You have a purple gloves and tie and like grayish white boot coverings. He is a Titan Tron Live figure in a series of Ruthless Aggression figures. And he has... Basically, everything you can think wrong with this figure is wrong with this figure. The prototype of this figure was amazing. It was a Ruthless Aggression Undertaker figure with a purple gloves, a long purple tie, and purple boot coverings. It looked amazing. I remember seeing the prototype for this figure and really couldn't wait to get my hands on it. It looked Amazing, and if this figure would have came out like that, it would have been his best classic superstars figure ever. Um, unfortunately, things were changed. Uh, everything was changed on this figure, and it became a total piece of crap. There's really nothing better to describe this figure than a piece of crap. Um, it has a really small tie which is something Undertaker never wore. It's not even Undertaker-style tie. Uh, he is a Titan Tron Live figure without the Titan Tron Live mechanism. Um, he has got legs that are like stuck in a wide stance, 
with white boot coverings. Uh, he doesn't have colored tattoos. Um, and not full arm tattoos, which is fine because during the purple gloves era, he was just getting tattoos. Uh, so if that's something that, you know, it's not a big concern. Um, but the head scan is probably the best thing about the figure. I think that's the only thing that stayed from the prototype was the head scan. Um, but they changed a Ruthless Aggression style head scan into a Titantron live head scan. Which like, shrunk down the features. And his outfit is just pure black. It doesn't have any type of uh, stylization on his um, shoulders. Which at this time he did. He had those... Uh, fringed shoulders um, and there's and he has the boots the not, not even are the boot color of the coverings the white it's painted over boot laces so it's not it's not only wrong in color they didn't even do a mold or removable boot coverings they just painted over boot laces so it's like they only focused on their attention on like basically like the ultimate warrior and like a couple of other figures in the series and totally neglected everybody else. They put an I know Andre the Giant is an Andre the Giant head on a big show body. Uh Triple H is basically 2003 Triple H. Um and The Undertaker is a total mix up of all type of eras and the figure is atrocious. Uh, I can't believe I haven't talked about this figure yet. I felt like I should have. Um, but this this figure, I, I love Jax. I love the classic Superstars line. But they did not get Undertaker right ever. They didn't get him right here. They used a re-release in Series 3. The triple pack is probably your best ones. But that has things wrong with it too, ranging from everything we're giving the 96 era Undertaker Hesera tattoo to giving the Grey Gloves Undertaker a 2008 head scan. Um, the Ministry Undertaker in the Family of Darkness 3 pack is just a reused Titantron Live Undertaker head scan on a poorly equipped Ruthless Aggression body. And. I just can't believe they had one of their biggest legends in The Undertaker and they really couldn't give, do him justice in the classic Superstars line. And basically it starts here with Series 1 and just goes downhill. They couldn't do him justice in this line and um, you basically can, I can basically do a whole episode on every uh, bad thing about all the classic Superstars Undertaker figures. They are basically all atrocious uh, with, you know, just minor things picked out. Like the badass figures are probably his best ones in here. The badass from the triple pack and the badass figure from the uh, the last series, series 28. The one I just added to my collection uh, two weeks ago. The badass figures are probably his best ones in the classic superstars. Everything else, they find things to screw up, mess up, use shortcuts, cheap shortcuts. Um, and it's just, it's just wrong. Because, uh, you know, you can, you can tell how much time they've put into other characters and other wrestlers in this line. 
you know, Undertaker deserved uh, just as much, uh, if not more, at most points. But it all starts here. Classic Superstar Series 1. This is where it starts. This is where it ends. You can tell it just goes downhill. And there is no saving this figure. Even though I have it. I have not only this. But I have the re-release. Where they managed to screw up the tie even worse. By making it give green stripes. Instead of like gold stripes. Uh, and... They managed to change his head scan in such a way where uh, they make him look even worse if that's a thing. Like they take away all like his facial makeup of like his paleness and everything and give him just like a, uh, a single skin tone and they take away everything like around his eyes so it's like it's almost like almost if you if it wasn't painted you would feel like it's unpainted. Like an unfinished head scan. So I have both versions of this series in my collection. Even though it is atrocious. Uh, but this has been talked to death by everybody about the classic superstars. From the major wrestling figure podcast to Kyle Peterson. Everybody in between. They have talked to death about how bad this figure is. Well, um, this week I get I got two as well. So, I am sorry, Classic Superstar Series 1 Undertaker. Um, but you are just thrown to the ash heap of Undertaker history and buried alive. Because there's nothing more this figure deserves to be than six feet under. And um, that finishes off episode 35, Creatures of the Night. Uh, there's nothing more to say but to please vote in those polls. To make sure your favorite match makes it to the final three, follow me on social media, on Instagram, at CollectingDeadMan, at Twitter, at CollectUpDead, on Facebook, and on YouTube, and everywhere else you can find me on the preferred podcast platform. Subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join me here next week. Same Taker time, same Taker channel. And keep on rolling, baby. As we do each and every week on our road to Death Valley. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores where you can find wherever this podcast is available and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling. <laughs>